All right. So first episode of the podcast that I'm starting, um, I want to explain to you guys what it's going to be about. <clears throat> All right, well, first off, my name is Shaquem. Um, I'm going to be posting this to wherever I can post it to. And uh, I'm just going to explain what my podcast is going to be about. Um, people coming on to the show and whoever you are, whatever you identify as, uh, gay, straight, whatever, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear like, um, you know, why are you the person that you are today? Who, how, how did life shape you and mold you into who you are at this moment right now? So starting off with the first episode of this podcast, we are going to be uh, solo. I'm just going to do it solo. It's just going to be me to give an example. And I'm going to share with everybody my story and, you know, let you guys know a little something about me. So starting off with my story. Oh, and by the way, the the title um, the name of this podcast will be titled Human. Um, so for anybody listening, all right, this is me going in. Um, so I think my story starts off with me growing up in North Philadelphia, born and raised on a playground. I didn't spend any time on the playground. So starts off with me, my mom, my sisters, um, and I remember we had this like really like run down house in, in North Philly and I'm just I'm just going back as far as I can remember. Had this run down house in North Philadelphia and uh, we lived there for I guess my whole life up until that point. I had to be about maybe four ish. Um, and I remember we had a house fire and we all ran outside, you know, the house is like burning down around us. And um, we we got out of there. Everybody got out safely, but the house definitely was destroyed. Um, and I remember us just sitting out there with the firemen and watching our house just be put out. And we after that we had no home. I don't really remember the struggles of trying to find somewhere to be, but I do remember being in a shelter for a while with my mom and my sisters. And uh, <clears throat> we were in the shelter for a while. My mom ended up getting this like house. It wasn't even a house. I think it was like a room. And I don't really remember much from there. Remember, I'm pulling back memory from me being like four or five years old. So I don't really remember what it was, but I remember it didn't have like separate rooms. Like I feel like we all stayed in the same place uh, in this, this, uh, this room. And one day we were all walking. I don't remember if it was like a holiday or if it was like Easter or someone's birthday. We were walking. I feel like we were maybe dressed up a little bit like in some nice clothes, not like anything fancy, but, you know, had to bring out the, the, the nice Nikes. So we were walking and I remember these two guys were following us all day long. And I remember, um, thinking in my head that they were the men in black. Um, cause that's the only reference I, I could even pull from that. Um, 
they had on like your classic men in black outfit. They had a uh, nice looking suits on, all black, black tie, white shirt underneath, button up and all the whole nine. And they had the sunglasses on and they were following us. And then uh, one of them or both of them, they finally approached us and they started talking to my mom. I'm super oblivious to what's going on. And uh, I remember my mom shaking her head, no, at first. And then I remember, uh, you know, towards the end of their conversation, I guess my mom understood what was going on. And um, they came over to me and my little sister, Ayana, and they were explaining to us that we're going to go somewhere really nice. And, um, you know, we're just going to be on a little, like, vacation somewhere else for a little bit. Um, and I was like, All right, like, where are we going? And they, you know, they said the same thing. They just repeated themselves. And we got in the car, me and my little sister and the rest of my older sisters and my mom, they stood there and we got in the car, me and her, and we drove off. And I remember watching them, you know, stand there as we drove away. And uh, I wasn't really, like, concerned. I, like, I felt okay. I was just a super optimistic kid optimistic, optimistic, uh, whatever. So we drove away and we went to uh, West Philly. Um, and we went to this lady's house. I'm not going to say her name, but we go there and I knew that it was something wrong because the first thing she did when I got into the house was I said that I was hungry and she goes, oh, okay. And then she pours me a bowl of Raisin Bran cereal. Fucking Raisin Bran cereal. And she puts a little bit of milk in it and a little bit of water. And then she gave it to me. Who the fuck does that? That's disgusting. I don't even care about the milk and water. The Raisin Bran cereal? That's disgusting. So, she gives me that. I immediately know there's something wrong with this lady. But, uh, unfortunately, my time there was not pleasant. Um, I feel like maybe I stayed there for a year or some change. And uh, I just remember every day was like hell. Um, mind you, sidebar, mind you, I, I really want to warn everybody that um, this is completely raw. I am, I am expressing this, um, because, uh, I believe it's true freedom. I, to me, this is just a story now. This isn't something that, um, I hold so close to my heart and that, uh, you know, it's something that I'm unwilling to speak about. I am releasing this to the public. It's explicit. It is raw. If it upsets you. You can turn it off now. Um, if at any time it upsets you or anything like that, then you can stop listening. So back to the story. Um, I remember she, this lady was like a single parent. She had a daughter with her who was, it definitely had to be a teenager, I believe. I believe she was a teenager and I was definitely like five years old and, um, the girl used to, she used to fucking have sex with me. Um, 
as disgusting as that might sound, yes, I was I was raped at that age. Um, nothing like penetrating me or anything like that. Um, I never had anybody do anything like that to me, but she was, I guess, was going through an experimental phase in her life, and yeah, I was I was raped uh, as a child. Uh, I never got forced to do anything to my little sister. If anybody's wondering, no, that did not happen. Um, and on top of me going through being molested as a child uh, by this girl, um, her mother, I, I don't know if she knew or not, but the mother wasn't a, a very nice woman either. She would, like, if I didn't make my bed straight, she would beat me. You know, you're not allowed to hit foster children. Um, but she would beat the shit out of me. I remember she busted my lip one time and I tried to tell my DHS worker and they just, I don't know if they believed me or not. It, it always seemed like they never believed me. So I kind of gave up just telling anybody anything because they just, they all just flew over their heads. And this lady would make me learn my ABCs backwards or I couldn't eat for the night. Um, a lot of the things that I struggled with, even into my 20s, came from being in that house. She she was very, very abusive. Um, she would starve us, me and my little sister. You know, I, I couldn't eat for the night if I didn't have my ABCs, you know, backwards, if I didn't learn them. If I put my shoes in the wrong feet, I had to stand I had to stand up all night while she slept. I had to stand up in her room all night looking at my feet while she slept. It was crazy. This lady was crazy. No, oh, excuse me. I just burped. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. She, and, and it was crazy because um, she was super, super religious. Now, I'm not saying all religious people are like this. I just always thought about it when I got older. Um we would go to church like three times a week and she was always in the church. And then when we got home, she was a completely different person. Now, I, I will say I have forgiven this lady for everything that she's done. Um, I, I hold no ill will. Like I am 25 years old now. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm in perfect, you know, perfect condition. I hold nothing against this woman, but I will tell the people that, you know, she she was just crazy. Um, I'm trying to think of what else she would do. She just, this lady was fucking nuts. Uh, but after a while, she wanted to adopt me. And I remember thinking in my head, no. And she, she started making me call her mom. And I hated it. And I, I would just... I would stay up all night thinking about this shit. Um, I ended up developing insomnia because I would just stay up all night long trying to make sure no harm came to my little sister. Um, and I always wondered what was going on while I was gone at school because I started kindergarten and stuff. And I could never concentrate because I was thinking about like, what are they doing in there to my little sister? But she always seemed fine. Um, and we would play together all the time. 
And around the time that this lady would tell me that she was going to adopt me, I remember she would drink a lot. And I remember trying to sneak and get whatever it was that she was drinking because it looked really good. Is you know, this stuff in this red bottle. And um, one day, I think I was getting ready to go to school or we were getting ready to go to church. I can't remember. Um, but the my foster mother, she sent me downstairs and told me to watch my little sister. I said, okay, something I do all the time. Um, and I'm watching her. And then the foster sister she came downstairs and told me to come downstairs in the basement with her to help her fold clothes or put some clothes away or something that was in the laundry. And I told her I had to watch my little sister and she said she'll be fine. Um, so midway, I feel like we were, we were just going down the steps and then midway down the steps, we heard a bottle just hit the floor. And we rush up the steps, me and her. Uh, we rush up the steps, and my little sister is holding this bottle of alcohol, and it's empty. And she starts vomiting, like, all over the place. It's nonstop. She won't stop throwing up. So we get my foster mom, and... I'm, I'm super scared, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's wrong with her. I don't even know what alcohol is. I just know that she drank, in my head, she drank some juice, and she's throwing up, and she won't stop throwing up. And now they, they I don't know if they call the police or not, but they, they're telling me to go upstairs, and then they tell me to stop. They tell me to stop, and they're trying to keep her awake, and they're telling her to say my name. Say his name, say his name. And the only name she knew me by was Wookie because that's the, my family nickname is Wookie. And so she, she's saying Wookie, she's saying Wookie. And she, she just keeps repeating it over and over again, over and over again. And I'm just looking at her from the top of the steps. She's on the couch with, with this lady, you know, and they tell me to go upstairs to my room. And that was actually the last time I had seen her alive. Um, my baby sister died there that day. It was 1999. And she died. She died that day. And I got moved to a different foster home uh, by myself now. Uh, and I remember thinking while we were in the hospital, you know, my mom, I, I remember my mom there. I feel like my sisters were there. I can't remember. But I remember thinking that it was going to be like an episode of ER, like where, you know, one of the good episodes of ER, because that was the only thing I was allowed to watch. I remember thinking it was like that. And I was like, oh, she's just going to be in the hospital. Then she's going to be fine. And then she wasn't. And then I just didn't see her until the funeral and I remember looking at her and I was like this isn't my sister this is a doll she doesn't even look like that she's so pale uh, I just 
didn't believe it. The person that I had spent so much time with, she was just gone. And, and I felt like I watched it happen. And shit sucked. Um, so I got moved to a different foster home. And I think I have no idea where this one was. It could have been in like Northeast, maybe. I, I don't know. But they were much better. Um, the older foster brother was definitely a dickhead. His name was Damien. He was a dick. But I guess that's just how dudes are. You know, he was a teenager. I was a little kid. And I was, I know for sure I was annoying as fuck. I used to do some really dumb shit. Not, I wasn't a bad kid. I was never a bad kid. I was just super fucking hyperactive and um yeah he was just a dick and me and him shared a room he would bully me he would pick on me but then he would also do the big brother thing he would take me to the park and we'd spend time together and stuff like that but um I get it I get it he wasn't abusive or anything he never really like hit me but he was just a dick and uh the two other girls one was closer to my age and then the other one was the oldest and her name was Danielle and me, me and her never really seen each other, but it made me feel better because her name is Danielle, and so is um, my second oldest sister. Her name's Danielle, and it just made me feel better. And around this time, um, uh, to, to go back to the first foster home, I remember my mom would visit me, and then, um, I don't know, one day she just stopped visiting. Um, one day my mom just kind of stopped visiting. Uh and that sucked. I would wait in the gallery, you know, for her to show up. And we would always go to the McDonald's. I feel like uh, I would always go there and we would wait for her. And then um, I just remember, like, sometimes she just stopped showing up. And that really sucked. Um, that really sucked as a kid because I would all day long, I'd be like, I'm going to go see my mom today. I was so happy. And she was just, she just stopped showing up. Um, but as a kid, you don't understand what other people are going through. And it sucked, you know. But the other, the, this foster home was much better. So it kind of took my mind off things. The the mother, the, my foster mother in this one, um, she was very, very nice. And she was very fair. She never put her hands on me, but she was very fair. She tried her best. Um, and you could tell that she was just one of those people, I feel like she gen- she genuinely was doing this to help me out. Uh, I wasn't there for money. Like a lot of foster, excuse me, burped again. Uh, a lot of foster parents do it for money. And it genuinely felt like she wasn't doing it for money. Um, and I lived there, I, I don't remember how long, but I remember... After a while, uh, this little boy came, and he was, like, maybe a, a baby, like, maybe two, three years old or something like that, and I think his name was, like, BJ, and I, I remember calling him BJ, and uh, we got switched to, I got in a fight one year, so my aunt started visiting, my, my Aunt Mary started visiting me, I'm all over the place, I'm sorry, my Aunt Mary started visiting me when I was about six years old. Um, she started visiting 
or she was visiting for a long time. I just remember her specifically visiting here. And it ended up that my aunt was like fighting and busting her ass. She ended up getting my two sisters out of wherever they were. My sisters, Marquita and Danielle. She ended up getting them out of whatever the situation was that they were in. And they were living with her now in, in my aunt's apartment in North Philly. She had a two-bedroom apartment in North Philly. And we would go there all the time. And um, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I do remember being there with my little sister, too. So my aunt was definitely coming and getting us for a while. And as much as she could. And... Um, one year, my, I remember I spent the night over at my aunt's house. I spent the weekend with her or something, and, and she bought me a jacket, like a like a uh, like a pea coat maybe something like that. And this, I went to school the next day, and I remember getting in this fight with this kid over busing in line. You know, like when you cut a line or whatever. And the kid thought I cut line, and I told him I didn't, and then. And then he pulls my jacket and I heard something rip. So we started fighting. I mean, like it was the, I think that was my first fight ever. Me and him started swinging. We're like six years old. We start swinging. And, um, I remember we got sent to the principal's office. I got suspended. I was like, I was like, I got suspended and like my parents had to come down, but I didn't tell my foster mom at the time. I just didn't tell her. I was so scared. I was like so scared and I had to tell her and the next day we had to be up at the school. So we're at the principal's office, me and this kid, and then the dude's dad comes in and then my parents just don't come in. So they call, of course, they call and then my foster mom ends up coming down. And then I get home, and then my aunt is on the phone with me. Uh, they, they let me, or they didn't let me call her. My aunt called the house. And me and my aunt are on the phone with each other. And she's telling me that, hey, like, um, you got to move to another foster home. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I always hated moving to foster homes because it was always like, I got to adjust to this new thing again. Um, so... The next day, we I moved to another foster home, and I had spent, like, maybe a year at that one, so I was so used to them already. I really liked them. Uh, you know, like I said, everything was fair at that home, so now I'm at the third foster home, and it's this older, older woman. Like, she's, she's older, but she has a bunch of people now. Like she has, like, maybe kids or grandkids or something. Maybe they're, they're like, older, maybe, like, 14 or something. Uh, or or 20, I don't remember, but me and the baby, BJ, that I talked about earlier, he moved with me, so it's me and him, and I felt like we were like buddies, you know, and I feel like maybe six months passed where I was here at this home, I was going to like this awful school, I don't know what this school was, but it was the first time in my life where I got bullied by these like older kids, and I had to be in like first grade, I had to be in first or second grade. I think I was in second grade now at this time. And these kids were bullying me. Like, they, they had to be in, like, fifth grade or something. They were so much taller than me. Um, so it was kind of awful going to school. The house itself, the woman was really nice to me. Um, the people were really nice. 
like they didn't seem to really mind anybody being there like they were all really nice it was just strange because you know you got to adjust again but um i remember maybe six months passed and then the lady she brought me up to her room and she sat me down and she said hey you have to go to another foster home and i was like but i haven't even stayed here for a year yet why am i moving again like, I, I don't want to go anywhere. Like, I want to stay here with you. And she was really nice. And she smiled at me and she calmed me down. And she let me watch TV in her bed, um, which, you know, made me relaxed. And she put some cartoons on me. She put some cartoons on the TV for me, not put some cartoons on me. That's weird. So uh, the next day, they drive me. DHS worker comes and he picks me up. He drives me to this house um, in Collingdale. Now I'm out just outside of Philadelphia. I'm in Collingdale now. I'm uh, um, in Delco. I'm on this block, Lincoln Avenue, 200 Lincoln Avenue. I'm staring at the house. And my aunt comes out. My aunt Mary comes out of the house. And then she goes, look, this is our house. And I said, our house? And um, she was like, yeah, our house. You're going to be staying with me now. And I remember looking at the house, dude. And this shit's going to make me cry. I remember looking at the house. And. I looked at my aunt and I just started crying. I, I like, I don't even remember what I was feeling, but I just started crying. And I was like, I think it was just a sigh of relief. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, that feeling of pure joy and relief, it just was like this huge weight, and I was crying, and they looked at me, and they were like, why are you crying, and I think I made up something like, I'm worried about the baby I was with, which I really was, I was, I was actually pretty worried about, like, what's going to happen to him, but that definitely was not the reason I was crying for, um, and I remember uh, I'm in the house now. I had cable, which was awesome. I'm in my sister's room. She showed me my room, like what my room was going to be. And then she showed me my sister's room. It was two beds in there. And one of them was slightly pushed up against the wall. And the other one wasn't. So I hid up up against the one that was slightly up against the wall. And I just stayed there. And I was watching Donkey Kong. And then I could hear my sister's getting back home from school. So I turned the TV off and my sisters come in the room. Danielle and Marquita, they come in the room and they, I poked my head up and they like screamed and they were hugging me. And uh, my aunt told them like, we're all going to be here together. We're, we're all going to be staying here together. And, you know, that was just crazy. So, to speed this up, you know, years go by. I lived with my aunt until I was 19. I'm 25 now. I lived with my aunt until I was 19. I think uh, she she legally adopted me when I was 11. 
she got me out of the foster care system when I was seven years old. So she got me out when I was seven. She legally adopted me when I was 11 years old. And I lived with her until I was 19. My sisters, Danielle and Marquita, became my best friends. They were everything to me and still are to this day. I love my sisters. Um, they are my best friends. We might live super far away, but make no mistake that they are my best friends. Um, I, I love them so much. Me, So growing up in my aunt's house, uh, she's a strict woman. Um, she, she tough love type of woman, very, very tough. I was intimidated by her. I don't know if I was afraid of her, but I was definitely intimidated by her, but she always knew how to, you know, make you smile. Um, and she tried her best. She tried her best, uh, to do anything that she could. And she ended up getting my sister Tanisha out of a group home. I think my sister Tanisha was in a group home. Now, I don't know the whole story, but I remember, I think just growing up with my sister Tanisha, was, it was just different. We butted heads a lot. Uh, we did the normal, you know, um, which I butted heads with my sisters all the time. Uh, you know, we fought and everything. Um, my sister Tanisha, I could always tell, felt left out. And I really wish that she didn't, you know, looking back on everything. And I hope that me as a kid, I just hope that I wasn't a dick that made her feel left out. Um, I always, I think I tried. We, I remember me and her played the most video games together for sure. Um, after my sister started leaving and everything. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's my life. Um. That's a, a good majority of it. Those are the things that I think about um, that keep me going every day is uh, perseverance and how life can just be pretty crazy. Um, you know, regardless of all that stuff that happened to me, um, I've learned to just become my own person and just take this journey as it is. This is a journey. You know, and whatever happened in the past, it is truly in the past now. This does not affect my life anymore. This is just a story to tell people and to maybe motivate people, maybe help someone out. I struggled through a lot. Insomnia, depression, paranoia. Um, I, 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 I've handled it all mentally. And, you know, like I said, this is all one huge story. But look at me now compared to all that shit, you know. I probably wasn't supposed to make it out of there, you know. Maybe I was supposed to die, but I didn't. And I'm here. I've fallen in love a couple times. I've learned some things, you know. Graduated high school, you know, working, making good money. Who would have thought, you know, um made some best friends, you know, and, uh, I want to give a shout out to my friend Trayvon. Uh, when I met him, I didn't even know how to read yet. And I think we met in seventh grade. I didn't know how to read in seventh grade. And he's someone who greatly impacted my life at the time. And I don't know, I don't know if I ever got a chance to tell him he's a cocky little fucking bastard, but, uh, that's why I'd never tell him in person, but he, this dude was so smart. I remember he would just say words and I didn't know what the fuck he meant. 
I and it, and it frustrated me. So when my aunt got our first computer, I like downloaded Hooked on Phonics and I started reading. And my cousin Will, uh, me and him loved Japanese comic books called manga. We would try our best. I would just try my best to read them. And eventually I started reading them perfectly. Uh, so he, he impacted my life in that way that um, it was kind of unacceptable for me to be this age and not know how to read. And I still kind of, I don't struggle with it, but I, I still probably won't like read out loud. And I'm not super confident in that area, but I love reading. You know, like I said, I, I've been reading manga and uh, since... I think I was reading, I, okay, so sidebar, I picked up my first Shonen Jump magazine because I spent the night over my Uncle Dallas's house, so my, this is my real uncle, my Uncle Dallas, and I spent the night in the room with my cousin Ninkinge, and I think I got on Ninkinge's nerves a lot, a lot, I, I feel like I probably did when we first met. And me and him are in this room, and he hands me a Shonen Jump magazine, and that's where I found Naruto, and One Piece, and a sh- and, and a and a manga called Sandland. I think it was Sandland, and that that started it all. Um, I still to this day I'm a huge huge anime nerd, uh, and I read manga all the time. I'm actually working on my own comic book right now um, with my my good friend, Trey J. So life, man, life is fucking crazy. Life is awesome. Life is beautiful through all the ups and downs. Um, you you meet people all the time. If you can just open up and accept it for what it is. You will be so much better in life. Um, I wish I could say more, but this is getting pretty long. But I'm going to have more guests. Uh, This is just the first one. Remember, this is just the first one of many. I really, really, really want to have more guests. Um, uh, Like I said in the beginning, whatever you identify as, gay, straight, whatever, trans, it doesn't matter. I want to hear what it is that you have to say that made you the person that you are not in your community but who you are um so yeah that's that see you guys later and thank you so much for listening